My name is Timothy Eldred. I'm a husband, father, writer, speaker, seeker, coffee snob, pipe smoker, bourbon drinker, and I'm a person of faith. I'm also a friendly disruptor of the status quo who's traveled the world to help people discover their identity. My mission is to end the pain of aloneness and help people live with authenticity in an artificial world. But I can't do that alone. So I'm glad you're listening. Welcome. This is Square Peg Round Hole. I want to give you a bit of warning as I begin that this probably is not going to be your happy feel good episode. But it will be honest, and my hope is that it is a catalyst for some deeper conversations we desperately need in this world, a world where fear and fighting seem to be growing on on every front. Sometimes, at least me, I get tired. I get tired of all the news. I've really stopped watching it for the most part, but I'm tired of the turmoil and all the conflict going on in our world. At least that's how I feel. And if you do too, well, you're not alone. And you hear me say that on almost every episode, you're not alone. But sometimes those words, sometimes they feel like nothing more than rhetoric, even to me some days. Aloneness is a growing plague. It's a global pandemic. And if I sound like a broken record from previous episodes, it's because removing people's aloneness is my passion. But like I say in the introduction to this podcast, I can't do it alone. It's a team effort. I can't tackle this topic by myself. Now, in the last couple of weeks, I've been away from the mic, and there's been countless ideas crossing my mind during that time. By the way, for the next couple months at least, I'm only releasing one new episode every other week because it's summer and I'm going to take advantage of this season and be away a bit more and travel a little bit more and work a little bit less. And I hope you can find some time to do that for yourself as well. Anyway, as I've been paying attention to the tragedies of our world, I'm dumbfounded on how we miss the obvious, or at least what I view as the obvious. I'm talking about the cause or source of our suffering as a society. So please bear with me as I attempt to string some ideas together today. First, I want to acknowledge my friends in the LGBTQ community. June has become Pride Month for this segment of our society. It's a designated set of days when people publicly give credence to people who have been Overlooked, neglected, and victimized. I know it's more than that, but that's generally how I view it. People who need to be celebrated. It's sad, though. Just think about that idea with me for a moment, and forgive me if I step on my tongue trying to talk about the issue. My goal is to be honoring. That's what I'm attempting to do. I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed that any group of people have to battle to feel like they belong. And I honestly don't care who it is. No one should have to battle to belong. But when you feel like you don't matter, of course you demand, if that's the right word, you demand a day, a week, a month focused on you. 
Because if no one else is going to validate your life, I guess you have to take a stand for your own dignity, for your own pride. But why should people have to take that position? I read an interesting quote in the last few days on social media that I saved because I think it really summed up a lot of my thoughts today. And it comes from Susan Contrell from freedhearts.org. And she just simply says, shall I tell you the secret of the, quote, gay agenda? It is to be loved and accepted as is, just like anyone else, without having to change or be changed. I thought that was beautiful. Now, my wife shared that image quote with me, and she said, isn't that what everyone wants? Well, of course it is. Everyone wants to be seen, heard, noticed, valued. Everyone. People should not have to protest for a cause or march in a parade just to be recognized and celebrated. But my point isn't just about Pride Month. I'm talking about people in general. Like I said, everyone has the innate need to be noticed. Sadly, we see it every day in all kinds of ways. People are screaming through their lives and their behaviors, and they're yelling, I am not a nobody. That's what we hear them say and see them say if we are paying attention. I am not a nobody. And if you're not going to notice me for who I am, well, I will get your attention in another way. Now, if you haven't heard, this is a jump, so bear with me. If you haven't heard, gun violence and mass shootings continue to increase. Why? Is it a mental health issue? Well, hell yes, it's a mental health issue. No one of sound mind shoots up a building and kills innocent people. Of course it's a mental health issue. But that's a symptom of something bigger underlying all of the struggles we have. At the root of our social battles, there is a cancer. And I've talked about this before, and I'll continue to beat this drum. The heart of the matter is people's need for connection, which includes acceptance, a sense of significance, a feeling that they matter as they are. Now, maybe you think I'm oversimplifying this. Well, obviously, I don't think so. I mean, just think about your own needs for a moment. From the time you were a tiny tot, you wanted something or someone to give you time and attention. You've always wanted to feel valued, accepted, and loved as you are. But the key word in all of that was loved. And when you don't get that over the course of your lives, we become disconnected, jilted, wounded by being ignored. And so we seek attention in unhealthy ways. And then we start to see people as different from us. When honestly, we're one of the same, with the same needs. How hard is that to understand? So as a nation, as a world, we're divided. We're more divided than I've ever seen in my 52 years of life. The question is, are we divided to the point of no return? Is our situation hopeless at this point, or is there still room for healing? Can political parties find common ground or compromise, or is the system just broken beyond repair? Have we become so selfish 
self-absorbed, that we can't make allowances for other people? Trust me, I have very strong opinions and convictions about many, many topics. There was a time, I hate to admit, when I used to view people, especially people of other faiths, from a very derogative perspective. Until I took the time to listen. Do you know what I discovered? I came to understand that everyone wants exactly what I want out of life. They want to matter. They want to be valued. They want to be accepted. But that can't happen when different groups of people with different views see each other as less, as an enemy. And often, sometimes at least, that's what's taught. If you can't be for me, then you're against me. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm in. You're out. Now, I have a wide array of friends throughout the world. From many different political perspectives to different beliefs about God to different ideas of sexuality and gender and social issues and everything you can think of. Do the differences in our convictions and our opinions divide us? Well, they can if we let them. Sadly, it just seems like too many people are content to let them. But I've been around long enough to know that the fringes are the loudest on any given topic. There is a spectrum. On one end of it, there's about 20% who are for a topic and 20% who are against it. But then there's another segment, about 60%. And 60% would be uh, the majority. And the majority are willing to have compromise. Not just because they don't want conflict, but because they have compassion. They know what it was like at one time or another in their life to feel like the outsider or the overlooked one. They remember feeling alone in a crowd. And they recall the emptiness of not feeling accepted. Maybe even more importantly, they aren't willing to give up on the idea of building a better world even if that means that they don't always get their way 100% of the time, which is fine. That's what compromise entails, friends. So if the powers in charge can't figure it out, maybe the people at large can lead the way. As I've said, convictions and opinions are all good and well, and everyone is entitled to theirs. But when your convictions and your opinions get in the way of your ability to love, that's a problem. But too many people's points of view have evolved into that. Some have even evolved into hate. And the only antidote for hate is love. Now, my wife introduced me to a book she read a few years ago. <laughs> have you ever noticed that like most of the content for this podcast comes from Cindy? So you can thank her. The book is called I Was Told to Come Alone, My Journey Behind the Lines of Jihad by Suad Mekinet. I'm sure I just absolutely butchered her name, so I apologize. But one note Cindy shared with me from her reading really resonated with me today about my thoughts that I wanted to share. And what she wrote in her journal was this, dehumanization is the start of conflict. And that's true whether we're talking about 
the root cause of terrorism or the root cause of our social divide, social issues, faith issues, race issues, political issues, whatever. When we feel less than loved and valued and appreciated, we all have the tendency to tear people down, which is a way that we build ourselves up. We accomplish this outcome by dehumanizing them. We devalue them with our words. We make them fight for dignity. Some we even demonize. And as a result, we burn bridges instead of build bridges. And when the connections and ability to compromise have been destroyed by dehumanization, so is our ability to have honest dialogue about matters of importance, matters of the heart, real dialogue. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to live. The world is not facing a clash of civilizations or cultures. That's not our problem. We're facing a clash between those who want to build bridges and those who would rather see the world in polarities. We're, we're working hard to spread hatred and divide, and there are many among us who do that. But then there are the 60%, the majority, the people in the middle, and they still give me hope. So I guess I would ask you this question. Regardless of your convictions or opinions on any topic, are you tolerant? And I can already hear some people saying, well, I think I'm tolerant, but on that topic, I'm not tolerant. It's just wrong. This abortion issue, this gay rights issue, this gun law issue, this whatever issue it might be, whatever your point of view, you cannot expect tolerance if you're not willing to give it. And that's where most of our arguments stem from. People on the fringe who will not compromise. They just argue. They want you to accept their point of view, but they won't accept yours. There's no tolerance. And if you're not tolerant, you can't expect tolerance. Because the minute someone says, I'm right, you're wrong, is the minute we give up space for conversations and compromise. And conversations and compromise is the only path to peace. Now, could I be wrong? Maybe. But you're going to have to work pretty hard to convince me that love isn't the answer. Give every group their own month. I don't care. That's not the real solution. Build more mental health clinics. Fine. That's not the cure. Change gun laws. And I'm sure there's many reforms that need to be made, but it doesn't really matter because that's still not the real issue. Those are merely symptoms of a loveless society. And I really struggle using those words, loveless society, because that seems extreme, but I wonder if that's where we have evolved or degraded to. We all want to be accepted. And when we're not accepted long enough in life, we find ways to be noticed. Now, I am not equating the cultural examples I used with one another. They're just common thread that we all share in each of them. The common thread is we want someone to notice us for who we are. Is that so hard? Can't we do that for one another? A few years ago on a trip to Ireland, 
Cindy and I were introduced to a book called My Lady of the Chimney Corner, written by Alexander Irvine from the 1800s. It's a beautiful story that he writes about his mother, the Lady of the Chimney Corner. And she was known for saying a phrase that really has become the mantra of our home. We've actually had it printed on greeting cards that we send from our house to your house. And it just says, love is enough. Love is enough. When you stop to think about it, isn't that true? Isn't love enough? Can't love be enough? Isn't that what the greatest faith traditions have tried to teach humanity for centuries? Isn't that what most cultures at least give lip service to anyway? Now, I bet there would be people who like argue against love. There would be. But it's a simple, simple solution. Easy? No, it's not easy. But it is simple. Most common sense solutions are simple. When we treat each other as we want to be treated... Life is a whole lot more bearable because we do it together. Which takes me to another quote from My Lady of the Chimney Corner. She says, A cup of sorrow isn't so bad when there's two to drink it. For then there's only half a cup. Listen to that again. There's a lot of wisdom. A cup of sorrow isn't so bad when there's two to drink it. For then there's only half a cup. If I have to go through life alone feeling like I am unaccepted, unloved, that's a bitter pill to swallow. That's a cup of sorrow. When I have to go through the tragedies of life and the struggles of life and the trials of life without feeling like I've got 100% support, I have to carry that weight by myself. But when we do it together with empathy and compassion and love, it lightens my load. It lightens your load. It lightens all of our loads. So if you're looking for answers to all the divisions in our world, maybe we should look no further than the mirror. Just look at yourself in the mirror because you're the solution. No one's going to legislate the fix. No one's going to be elected into the one being the one who brings the fix. The fix is you. We don't need to wait. There's no reason for us to wonder what can be done when we have that power. And if you're contemplating your own needs, well, then consider someone from a different point of view and perspective and just realize that they're looking for the same acceptance that you're looking for. The lack of love, which seems to be growing rampant. The lack of love is the beginning of aloneness. And aloneness is the cancer we must eradicate from our society. How? How do you eradicate that cancer? Well, you dig deep and you love deep because love is enough. And once we get that right, we can start tackling the other symptoms that divide us. But until we get that right, 
we're just digging ourselves into a deeper and deeper hole. At least that's how I see it. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. But before you close out of the app you're using, please leave a review, preferably five stars. And I'd appreciate it very much if you'd share this podcast with your friends on social media. As always, I encourage you to live your humanity with humility and authenticity in this artificial world. Don't compromise your identity and don't apologize for being a square peg in a round hole. Before I go, I want to tell you about an organization that is near and dear to my heart called Hope Partners International. Now, this is not a paid plug. I put my money where my mouth is. I serve on the board and I'm a monthly donor. Hope Partners rescues children throughout the world in poverty and peril. And in addition to our regular work in many nations, we are now also serving thousands of refugees from the Ukraine. So please go to hopepartners.org to learn how you can help, see what we do, and join the cause.